Hello, everybody, and welcome to Wide Wonders Get on the Bus podcast, where we try very hard to think lightly of ourselves and deeply of the world we live and love in. Our mission here at Wide Wonder is to talk about addiction and mental injury stigma. Why? Because stigma is everywhere. It's in our policies, it's in our doctor's offices, it's in our families, it's in individuals, even those suffering from addiction and mental illness. And it holds everything back. It holds back needle exchanges. It holds back widespread adoption of addiction medicine. Stigma holds back context for how people end up becoming addicted. It holds back people understanding the difference between dependence and addiction. And it holds back family healing. Finally, stigma, it holds back compassion and empathy. And these are the two most powerful ingredients needed to move those struggling with addiction and mental illness towards wholeness and healing. So about a year ago, I think it was, a person reached out to me on social media and his name was Robbie Corcoran. This is his story, the day he got on the bus with us while we were parked at Calamigos Ranch, Malibu, California. I hope you enjoy this amazing conversation. So I'm sitting here with Robert or Robbie? Robbie. Robbie. Robbie Corcoran. And Robbie and I met um, through social media. Um, we connected around some, some common values and some common concepts. And he's become one of, um, one of our greatest supporters as far as what we're doing at Wide Wonder. And what I love about Robbie is that, like I love about a lot of people, is that they are curious by nature, they are teachable, they are excited about possibilities for change. And he's even gone through his own um, restructuring, reimagining, repurposing in his own life. And so that's testament right there to somebody who is who has those qualities of being teachable. And, and those are really important qualities and they're big parts of what we uh, try to live uh, as uh, uh, being on Wide Wonder and on this journey and this ex- expedition that we're doing. So he came up and he's on the bus right now. We're live yeah. from the bus doing this. Finally. Right? Yeah. And so um, I'm just going to like say... Hey Robbie, welcome. Yeah, glad you got on the bus. It's been it's a, a long time it. coming. Seriously, yeah. yeah. It's funny how it all came together. All actually, right? yeah. I know. I tried to think back and like put the pieces together, and what it do, it doesn't really matter because what stands out to me is just this incredible uh, dialogue that we had about yeah. jumping into the deep end of the pool, <laughs> essentially, right? Yeah. Oh my gosh, real life happening, life is in session, all those things. And it comes ha- hard and fast sometimes. And it's good to have somebody to riff with and to connect with that you don't necessarily know that well. Yeah, there was the day I launched my company and I, I must have just, I saw something you posted that day right. and I reached out. And um, it's funny because in that <laughs> conversation, you mentioned this insane idea about (laughs) a school bus (laughs) what yeah and i'm like maybe i got the wrong guy here (laughs) but no it was one of the best conversations i think i've had in my entire life and um i feel the same way i was really yeah yeah seriously and um and that being such an important day for me um and developing a friendship and a and, a, and being a mentor like that um 
you know, words can't really describe, um, you know, what that's meant to me and how, and how, how it has helped me grow, how it has helped my company grow, how it has helped me develop. Um, just so much has stemmed from that one conversation, I think for both of us. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I can definitely agree with that. I, it sort of solidified. And I think that's the really, that's the amazing thing about having conversations or making connections, right? Because this is a big part of what, what Wide Wonder is about, is calling to attention how important, maybe the most important thing that we do as human beings is connect with other human beings. And not just human beings that we agree with, but just being open to some sort of channel, right? Because we don't, I think it's weird that we think that it's all about just connecting with people that we completely agree with, that we're totally the same, and we never have to argue. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we never have to disagree. And, and I think that's, you know, part of the reason why we're expressing that divisiveness in our political arena and a lot of different arenas. Mm -hmm. um, and so I love the idea of what that was for us and how it totally solidified what I was going through and you were getting your juice from it and I was getting mine. And it's like, that's everything to me. Yeah. I remember that being everything to me even when I was using drugs. It was like, if I could ever get in a cool conversation with somebody else, hi, four o'clock in the morning, passing the plate. I Doesn't mean, it was like, it. yeah. Because yeah. we all still have things to say. We're still, we're still intact human beings. We're not zombies. Um, the conversation was just different. Yeah. But the connection was there yeah. and the fulfillment was, was there. there. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what we're all looking for. Some to be seen and to be heard. Mm -hmm. um, so I want to get into. So from that moment, lots of stuff has happened in your life. Yeah. You've had some experiences that have um, that have come along. And I and I remember I have a mentor as well. He was like, keep talking to people who have this story to tell that necessarily can be confrontational for other people mm. in terms of whatever their sort of space that they've found comfortable to live in that familiar, predictable and reliable mm -hmm. and talk about things that um, get people to think. And that's also a big part of why I wonder, and I know it's a big part of you in terms mm -hmm. of how you do your own business and, mm -hmm. and everything else. And you talk a little bit about th that conversation and what's kind of happened to you since then. What stands out to me, the you know, the most was at that time I was so focused on getting a first client. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I remember landing my first client and being so excited and, and pumped up. And then, um, you know, the money made like you know the 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 bells go off, and I'm thinking, wow, this is gonna happen. This is great. And um, and then to so quickly just this this the ship sank because um you realize you're 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 got in bed with someone who just um does not share the basic fundamentals of what the creative well stands for mm. and um i remember calling you and just to keep it short you know explaining to you hey this is what's going on over there and i'm just trying to figure out if this is something i should move forward with i really need the money but at the end of the day it really goes against the fabric of what the Creative Well group stands for um, and what we're trying to achieve. And you said to me, Robbie, you, you already 
know the answer, kid. You know, you don't have to do it. So. I Somebody just, said the same thing to me one time. I'm yeah, paying that forward. That's yeah. the best. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, that is the answer I wanted to hear. You know what I mean? Because I would have, um, I slept soundly that night with a little less money in my pocket, but I slept soundly as opposed to, you know, you know, what would have been the opposite and, and, and what ended up being completely the right decision. And, um, what I think was the start of the perfect start actually, right? you know, because we had, we had an opportunity to bring in revenue, but revenue at what cost. Um, and that's what we're trying to, to show and to prove is that you can bring in revenue, but you don't have to do it, you know, at the, at the expense or the cost of, of who you are. Right. Your values. Exactly. Yeah. That's a really important conversation. That's part of the reason why I got to where I am now today on this bus mm-hmm. <laughs> is, is really doing an intense exploration or maybe for the first time developing an intimate relationship with my values. And it's, I think it's one of those things that's super important for as a business owner, as a, as a person in a committed relationship with another human being, as a parent, uh, you know, husband, wife, any, any relationship. Um, it can be a great filter by which you go through in order to decide whether or not you want to continue that relationship. Mm-hmm. And we get to talk about what we love to do, choose to do, and desire to do as a human being, a unique human being who has a particular perspective it may be similar in some ways to others, but at some level, it's still different. Mm-hmm. And we get to respect that and we get to we get to live that and then people get attracted to us, right? It's almost like we create the beacon and then, and then the light and then people come to us. Um, that's been my experience. Once I decided very clearly, here are my values, here's what I love to do, choose to do and desire to do. And, and to the best of my ability, still trying to uphold social ideals like honesty and integrity and stuff like that. But really when I'm vibrating at a level of like, I'm on this bus because this is exactly where I should be because this is exactly what I want to do. I'm totally clear about that. Mm-hmm. And through that clear filter, I get to make all those other decisions about what I want to do with my life. And that's what I saw you doing. You kind of have a light, low, light bulb moment mm-hmm. where you're like, oh, I get to do this through the lens of my values. I don't have to sacrifice those. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. Yeah. And it was nice to be in the position to make that decision where I had found myself so many times before um, not being able to make that decision. And um, man, it's an, it's an industry that is you're daily faced with these conversations um, where right and wrong is on the table. And so often we find ourselves making the wrong decision, but not because we wanted to, but because we really don't have any other option. Um, You know, the the company needs to keep the lights on, Mm -hmm. so we're going to do it at any cost. Yeah, Yeah, that, that, you know, led me to, you know, like a midlife crisis. And the next thing I know, I'm in Africa, you know, <laughs> as far away from it as I can get. Right, right, you know? right. And, um, um, you know, and I wasn't running away. I was just regrouping, you know, and, and, and remembering, um, you know, who I was yeah. and who I am is um, my whole life. I, I, giant heart, yeah. you know. This kid from 
from out east from Boston. Yeah, yeah. You know, just just living life, <laughs> just trying to you know, like we navigate. all are. Yeah, yeah, just trying to navigate. I mean, God, that's it gives me chills because you know, so many times when I'm talking to families or I'm talking to anybody, I'm like, what were you like as a kid? Like, mm-hmm. what was that like? Do you remember the sort of like a, a part of what Wide Wonder is about is about looking through the eyes of a child like getting innocent again yes getting to the i don't know mind right where you're like we develop this idea that somehow as we get older and as we develop we should know more right and i think oh my god the pressure you know like (laughs) like i want to go backwards i see little kids i'm like i want what you have i don't want what the Mm. adult has i think that all the time yeah i remember you know when quote unquote adult (laughs) <laughs> exactly exactly Whatever. um I, something yeah. my mother had said to me i i asked her um why am i crazy mom mm. i feel like i'm crazy because i had these friends who are you know graduated high school my best friends like one through seven in our class or something like right. that you know what i mean they're, oh, they're around like 240 or something no pressure cruising in there yeah. you know right um and she said you you're not crazy you're um uh, you're rebellious mm. and i was that clicked i liked it you liked that i liked it yeah. i did because um i did think i was crazy mm. because you know at the time because why when we get to the get to the meat of that because I, I think this is really this, important i asked her this at a time where i'm i'm watching um you know my my best friends get married mm-hmm. and um the the way life is seemingly doing it right yes exactly um and wondering why am i not even close (laughs) you know i can so relate yeah why am i not even close i mean buy a home let alone i mean come on so (laughs) (laughs) let's be real here i I mean um it, it, it was a time where i just could not even for a second foresee myself attaining that um, or wanting to attain that mm, almost. And, right. and and that's the thing. There's a part of me that has always like, it could be a bad thing, but it's like almost, almost like that beat generation feeling where there's gotta be more to this and I'm in search of it. Amen. But, you know, at the end of the day, I think um, you need to reel that feeling in and you need to actually do something with it and not become that beat generation person who really offers nothing to society other than there's got to be more to this. Let's um, do nothing and, and just wonder about it. For me, it was really just knowing that there is more to this and how can I, what, is, what better way other than to go across the world to, you know, the most different the cradle of civilization by the way i think that's very interesting absolutely i mean right i mean you're going back to the womb essentially right no literally yeah yeah. and and so i think that is fascinating yeah Yeah. and you know it brought me back down to earth yeah and and it gave me the chance to see how simple is happy and that there is just so much more to life than the way life is supposed to be lived. And I don't know, it, it, it's almost, you know, leads back to, you know, so many times we've discussed, you know, the kid asking his parents or saying that this isn't fair. Well, who, 
who, who the hell told you it was fair? Yeah. This is life. How did you learn about fairness? Yeah, Where did that concept? That? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> who is this person that comes in the middle of the night <laughs> in your room and life talks about, yeah, yeah. Argue. Yeah. <laughs> life, is, life is supposed to be fair. Yeah. yeah. No, you're not supposed to have homework. Yeah. Um, I think it's what's really interesting what you said was supposed to be. Yeah. Right? That's a big deal in our society. Supposed to be is what causes that consternation or that struggle where you have to, where you must evaluate yourself as crazy because you're not doing it the way it's supposed to be done. Well, and I watch it create major issues. I yes. watch it create, you know, my old, my oldest sister, my, my most dearest like friend, you know, in, in this incredible woman. And, and she's, um, just over the, the platform of 30. And she, because of what society deems as normal and the way it's you're supposed, who, who and where and what <laughs> you're supposed to be when you're 30, she doesn't fit that bill. So she's probably freaking out. And it only, and then it gives me anxiety because of how much I love her. Right, so I'm exactly. losing sleep over it because right. she's losing sleep. Yeah. And just know she's losing sleep makes me lose sleep. And you know, just it, it really pisses me off. Yeah. I think that we need to um, accept ourselves as individuals and realize that everybody, we spend way too much time looking in um, than we do looking out. You know, people are too concerned with themselves, one, to be thinking about you all the time, but as natural beings who are, who are selfish in, in nature, um, we think that everyone is thinking about us, so they must be talking about us. And, and you know, it's really just you're the only person who has to live your life. Yeah. Live it the way you're living. Who it. shepherds that though in our in our communities and in our systems? Who's telling the per who literally is telling people that if you're weird, great, you're doing it exactly the way you're supposed to be. Don't get rid rid of your weirdness. No. That's that's the gold. Because it's not even weirdness, it's but when you're comparing yourself yeah. to other people, right? That compares to despair. You're strange for sure, yeah. because you're judging. Perfect. Yeah. Where else do you have to look at? Like you were doing, like I was doing. Like if I said it once, I said it a thousand times. How do they do it? <laughs> like in a general sense, how do you get up? How do you do this? How do you buy a house? How do you how do you pay your bill? How do you do it? Because I seemed like the space between the longest space between each side of the Grand Canyon. That's what it felt like mm -hmm. to me. Like mm -hmm. the, this cavernous space of, of complete not knowing how to do it and not feeling connected to it. Like, even wanting to do it, it, like you said. Yeah, right? that's a tough part of it. Yes. I remember. I'm supposed to want to do that, aren't I? Yeah. And, and I, I don't. Am I crazy? Not at all. Right. Yes. No. But yeah. I mean, I wanted to hope maybe somewhere inside that they can't be happy though. Right. Right. But the, the fact of the matter is these are, uh, it started with my best friends and they're such amazing, um, guys yeah. and, and, and the women that they married are such amazing women and they are happy, you know? And so to me, that's just another Testament that, um, in, in their, yes, they're each that they're married and so forth, but they're married in their own way. They're together in their own way and they're living lives in their own way. Mm -hmm. Just like I'm living my life in my own way. I am not unique because I think I'm doing things differently. But you get to do it your own way. You get to. Yeah. That's one of the gifts of mm -hmm. being on this planet. Mm -hmm. Despite 
the pressures coming from injected values that come from all of our systems. Mm -hmm. They're constant, every day, all day, messaging, messaging, messaging. Now we get it even more intensely, right, with social media? Yeah, absolutely. It's pretty intense. I mean, I find it, I'm better at it now. I'm 54 years old and I've worked a lot of stuff out in terms of, I literally, my turnaround point was when I literally, literally said, I'm so exhausted worrying about what you think of me, whether you do or not. You know what I mean? It was like, who am I trying to impress? Why am I always in this approval seeking mode? Mm -hmm. Why do I spend so much of my emotional bandwidth worrying about what you think of me? Or society thinks of me. Yeah, I was was 27 when I went to, um, you know, when I I went from Boston to California and, you know, I, I went out there for treatment and I'm thinking as I'm going out there, okay, what am I going to tell people though? You know, because I'm definitely not going to rehab and I'm not going to even like, you know, mom, you're crazy. If you think I'm going to tell anyone that, that was maybe one of the most defining moments in my life was just a short conversation with a house manager. Um, his name was Greg and, and Cliff. They were phenomenal. And they just put it plainly like, dude, you're in an age where you're lucky you're you're not 19 or 20 here and and you might think you're unlucky to be at the 27 year old here but you're at the the perfect age because you're at an age where your friends and um you know anyone who actually cares about you is mature enough to applaud you for what you're doing right now you're bettering your life you're doing something to make yourself stronger healthier to improve on your, your relationships and so forth and grow as a human. Um, anyone who can't jive with that is not, you know, they're not your friend right. and you don't need those people in your life. And that was the first, I think, realization of honesty and the power of honesty. Um, and just the, the ease that comes along with honesty and the weight of the world powerful. lifting off your shoulders. Um, just by being honest, because um, I struggled with that. Yeah. Hugely. If you're not doing it right, you're going to hide. Mm-hmm. You know, quote unquote, not doing it right. You are going to hide. You are going to wear masks. You are going to you know, bend the truth or you're going to, you know, I mean, I did it all the time because I had so much shame about not fitting in. Literally, I didn't fit in from the beginning. Like it was very clear from very early on that I was not like other kids. I mean, that was my perception. I mean, we did have, obviously we have things in common, but it seemed fundamentally that I just didn't see the world the way that they did. What I have found out is that we need both and it's not an either or world. It never has been and it never will be. It's both and. We need both viewpoints. We need to feel pain in order to feel joy. Mm-hmm. We've got to have all of the, you know, the competing philosophies we need those in order to advance when you're hiding you don't advance because you're you are managing your situation through falsities through through lying directly and Mm. to try to protect you know that part of you that doesn't doesn't feel like if you're found out you're in big trouble (laughs) you are in big trouble where do i fit in i feel where am i gonna go what do i do yeah it was so painful so painful and then, I mean, just, and, and I guess um, 
the the fear was painful. Yes. But the actual outcome was an outpour of love and support and you got this and yeah. we, we we're here for you and it lit a fire up under me that um i it had been a long time since i felt something like that um and it really sent me on the trajectory that's the beginning of where i am today right. with with and not to say i didn't slip and fall down mm-hmm. in between but uh i wasn't afraid to reach up and grab one of those so many hands that that reached out yeah. in support. A lot of angels. Yeah, lots. Yeah. And I, you said something earlier that really, I think, is the difference between finally being able to reach out or say, I need help. And that is you reach a level of honesty within yourself where, you, where you're willing to look at, mm. where you're willing to say, um, I'm, I'm not doing this right. How do I do this? Yeah. I mean, that's part of the man rules, too. It's like we we don't do that, right? There's a whole other set of rules for men than there is for women and so on and so forth. That gender-specific sort of, you know, socialization that's been going on for a long, long time that we find ourselves under. We can find out that there's that that's the wrong information because the 12 steps asked me a lot of things that did not jive with the way that I was raised. <laughs> To be vulnerable and to ask for help, that's those are the exact opposites really of the way that I yeah. was taught. You know, so you're you're going up against again the way you're supposed to do it versus the healthy way, mm-hmm. right? And it's like, how do you navigate? What side are you gonna land on? Which side do you pick? You know, one feels very safe and the other one feels totally unsafe. Yeah, that's interesting, actually. I'm not sure if um if you've mentioned that before to me, because I, I came from the family that was actually the opposite. It's like, you know, the mother and father, the shit, I cried a lot. Yeah. And, I mean, um, I did too. Yeah. But I didn't hide it. Yeah. Did you, did you hide it? I mean, no, I mean, I would, I was very emotional, uh-huh. but the conflict was what was going on behind the scenes. Yeah. There's always a level of what I'm willing to, it's like holding your cards very close. Yeah. What do you right? mean actually divulging? What am I going to show you? And I was very, very calculating about that oh. because of, and mostly because when you're in that age group, when you're starting to be a teenager, you're, you're spending, and even before that, you're spending an awful lot of time with peers. So your peer influence becomes very big. And you see how those pure things, how that works, what, how that whole system works. And there was no, we weren't sitting around talking about our feelings. We just weren't. We were running and gunning. Some of us were smoking pot. Some of us were drinking but, or we were playing sports. But we weren't really talking about what was going on at home. I never told them what was going on at home. I never said to a friend, you know, there's shit going on that's not cool at home. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really hard. That, that wasn't happening. We did, I didn't have the emotional intelligence to sit down and say, let's have a heart-to-heart talk about what's going on. It just wasn't going on. So that's part of emotional growth, right? Is when you get to the point where other people can show you that showing your cards is not a bad thing in terms of uh, sort of overcoming that fear and that, that yeah. sense of not belonging. Mm-hmm. I think some people are m- more fortunate than others um, bec- and just solely based on, you know, the fall of the cards i mean yeah. i mean i had um my one of my very best friends um um mike he he um i remember i mean so he his brother um is gay and he 
he and we all knew it. Right. You know, there's, yeah. you know, there's no yeah. one who I knew Dan was gay. Yeah. You know, um, and I'll never forget the yeah. day that Mike's, you know, he, they were on instant messenger yeah. and he comes to me, he's like, Hey, I, I just want to talk to you. And I haven't told anybody this yet, but I just, I get, you know, I, I gotta, I gotta tell you. And, and I didn't even wait. I go, dude, I know, Jane. I know he's gay. Yeah. Come on, man. Like, yeah. he's a Miata. Like, we all know it. And he's just, ha, ha, ha. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Like, he's like, I'm, I'm bawling my ass out right now, but I'm laughing. And thank you. And I'm like, dude, we, I love the kid. You know yeah. what I mean? He's my brother, just like you are. And, um. But that's interesting, isn't it? It's his that he was holding. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Why, I mean, were you, he, why was he holding that? Because yeah. society at that time, yeah. we're, we're talking 2006, yeah. maybe, and um, society at that time, we're still, you know, no, it was it was pretty progressive by then. But I mean, but still, for him, yeah, you know, we're 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 guys, yeah. and we're in high school, yeah. and um, are there is there a more difficult years <laughs> four years for your emotional growth or more important years for your emotional growth than those or maybe you're not um but he was vulnerable yeah. and and you know me and me and that kid i couldn't survive today without you know he so so his vulnerability led you know me to feeling that it's okay to more be empowered vulnerable. more yeah, empowered absolutely yeah. you know and, and and yeah that's a gift that that um I'm eternally grateful for That's a gift that, we all get to give. Yeah. We right? do. Yeah. Because by doing that, you just you just explained in a way that I had not thought about it before in terms of what Wide Wonder is about, and a big part of it is the empowerment piece. It's by one person being willing to say, even more importantly, while it's happening in the bad time, exactly. not just looking back, yeah. right, from the armchair. You're you're literally coming and saying, right now. I am falling apart. Mm -hmm. Not like a week ago I was falling apart and I want to tell you about it, right? There's a difference in that. Right? You're talking about a different person, but when you can express yourself in the middle of the storm, that's a big deal. That's a huge and I'm just learning this to myself. Yeah, that's an article I read on Medium was this lady talking Who about wrote that. Can't remember her name, but uh, L. Rogers or something like that. Ellie Rogers. Ellie Rogers. Amazing. I'll put it in the notes, but yeah. it's never crossed my mind. I was always the guy that was willing to talk about it from the armchair quarterback position, but very rarely, if ever, saying it's happening right now, mm -hmm. I need a life raft now. Mm -hmm. I was always willing to take the chance that I would get through it mm -hmm. somehow. So the idea of empowerment of one person willing, and I'm all for doing it in the armchair. Don't not do it at all. Mm -hmm. If you got to do it from the armchair or after you've gone through the storm, that's still important. We all have to do that. Yeah. But when she talked about that, that was a whole nother level for me. I mean, that is, uh, that's the, the hardest thing to do, especially when you're talking about substance abuse or, um, mental health. I mean, come on. If, if you're struggling with either of those and you're at a low point, 99 times out of 100, you're not going to say that word. word. Yeah. And so, I That's mean, powerful, isn't it? It so is. Oh, my God. And had I... It makes me remember. So, I I finished 90 days of, of treatment, and then I and then I stay out in California for work, and I'm cruising along, 
Um, and then it's like December comes around and it's a little gloomy out here and I'm pissed off because it's like three straight days with no sun. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and long story short, the, through a series of events, I had ended up relapsing. I was lucky enough to have really grasped aspect, I think, of, of recovery because recovery is an ever-evolving and ever-existing thing within you. Mm. I think that we are always recovering and whether it be, yeah, yeah, I, I do believe we overcome, you know, mm. the addiction aspect of, of something, but we don't overcome you know, we're always going to be faced with issues and things that we used to have you know, a drug solution. For. Yeah, the, the, yeah. Where the drugs would just yeah. be the numbing effect. Yeah. I knew, I, you know, 3000 miles from home, I cannot do this out here. So I, by this time, I'm the director of sales um, at a treatment center and just held a meeting and said, I, I'm hi. Oh my! Hi. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Um, I got to. Wow, uh, what a moment. I got to take some time, you know, and um, was met with the warmest compassion, you know, from everybody. And do what you got to do. Like we're, we're, we all support you. And then I went back to the treatment center that um, that I had been to before and had worked at, and um, that was an incredibly humbling experience. But I think the point here is that just knowing that there are people here to reach out to, to help. And they've been telling you, if you're struggling, tell someone, if you're struggling, tell someone, if you're struggling, tell someone, and no one ever does. <laughs> and so I, I just, I hope that the fact that I did do that maybe, you know, affected the next Person. And well, that's what I thought of when you told been, that story. Yeah. And, and yeah, so when I went back to treatment, it touched a number of people. They said, they, man, I can't believe you came back here. Like, that's incredible. Like, but um, I know for a fact that I wasn't the only one who was high, you know, right, at right. that meeting. No, exa exactly. <laughs> so right. I, I, yeah. I hope that they, yeah. they, you know, garnered some of that strength and, and um, you know, found it within themselves to, to do the same thing. Um, yeah, no, and I, again, that's that whole power of example. Modeling, right? And I'm a parent now, and that what has become apparent about parenting is that it's all about modeling. Mm. It doesn't have anything to do with my wisdom and things that I know and imparting them with my great words. It's, <laughs> it's all modeling. It's everything that you do, teeny tiny bit of what you say, but mostly what you do. And yeah. so when I think about the power of example, of you standing in that meeting, to me, based on the culture in which you were existing in, that makes it even more impactful mm -hmm. because there is this ideal within that culture. And this is something I wanted to talk about with you is this idea of like, it's either chaotic drug use or total abstinence and everything in between. We don't even want to talk about harm reduction, none of that stuff. We don't want to talk. It's either you live in chaotic drug use where your life is in peril and you live in that chaos or it's total abstinence. And so the reason I think because those polars have existed for so long, those polar differences, those that black and white is it creates the culture where I'm not going to say anything. 
No, I will literally go to movie. I will go to meetings and make coffee for six months while shooting dilaudid in the bathroom. Yes, it is a failed system yeah. because of the way it grew, the way that it was built. And whose idea was that anyway? To say that you have to either be this or that. Right. It, um, it happened over time. It was this whole evolution, and and I think as soon as and this is important for me to say is that I think as soon as treatment twelve steps became professionalized. That's when everything went south. Mm -hmm. When when you create the first treatment center based on the 12 steps, mm -hmm. right? Instead of basing it on whatever medical evidence we had at the time, you know, I always like to think about like, <laughs> the cartoon I came up with in my head one day as I was pondering all this, where it, it says something you'll never hear at a diabetic clinic, two guys talking to each other. One says to the other, you know, when we get out of here, we should open one of these places. Right, and we sort of, as we professionalized 12-step, you could literally be in treatment one week, and the next couple of months you could own a treatment center mm -hmm. or a sober living or something. <laughs> it's like that evolution was born out of the idea that being sober means something more than it should mean, mm. right? The idea of sobriety has never, by anyone's standard or anyone's measure other than people in 12-step, as a dimension of health, because okay. it's just not. It's just a state of being. It's like I'm either high or I'm or I'm not high. I'm sober. A, I'm not sober. And you said uh, such a great thing uh, earlier this week. You said, um, uh, "Oh yeah, recovery uh, is not about treatment. It's not it's about not business. owned. It's not owned. The word recovery yes. is not owned by treatment, by support groups." Any organization, it's owned by the individual. It's Thank the property you. of the individual. Gosh, that's wisdom. Because right. we need to seriously, you know, swallow that pill. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, and, and damn, it shouldn't be so hard to understand that every, every, no one is the same. Yeah. And, you know, we like to say to the addict, oh, you're not unique. You know, you're not the only person who terminal uniqueness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, the, there's yeah. been twenty five thousand people like you before you. We yeah. know how to deal with you. Well, guess what, dude? I am unique, and my shit is my shit, and and I am gonna find a solution to it, whether or not your it be yours. Hey, maybe it is. And maybe that's it is. fucking awesome, yeah. but it might not be. Yeah. So don't limit me to this one solution. Um, because you think uh, your opinion shouldn't matter is what I'm trying to get at. That's right. And the, the, any solution that works is the right solution is the way I look at it. Yeah. And that is 100% individual based. Absolutely. I mean, I, I always think like, do I want to have in my real life, am I more interested in, in my gravitating to somebody who is asking me questions rather than just constantly giving me directions and yeah. telling me what to do. For me, that's easy. Human behavior says that I'm interested in having the relationship with a person who is interested in me right. <laughs> as an individual, Yeah, you know? And it's so weird that we've gotten off of track in just basic behavioral science. It's basic behavioral science to know that people don't like being told what to do. They don't like having their self-determination negated. They don't like it. I mean, that, that happens from the very beginning of your own life when you're having a relationship with parents in this hierarchical thing where you have, they have the power over you. What are you doing constantly? Once you realize autonomy is important to you, you're saying to them, 
I got this. Oh, I hear you, but don't worry. You know, all that stuff. And it's like, that's the essence of who it is to be human. And so to have a relationship with somebody who respects that, all of a sudden you stop fighting. When they say stop fighting everyone and everything, I can do that if you stop telling me what to do and stop pressuring me Mm -hmm. to go this, to fit into this box. I don't want to, no human being wants to. And it's a weird dynamic that we've developed over these years. And so the conversation gets to be, let's stop, let's start medicalizing this in a way that treats the client or the patient as the center of the process, not my bias or my belief or my opinion, right? Because that's what you said. You said your opinion shouldn't matter. Your bias should not be what directs me towards the end result of my health. That's that's what we're struggling with right now because we've had all this death. We've had all of this. And not only the death, Robbie, but the grief that lives on after that and that's kind of where i want to go in this last part of you know our meeting here is this whole idea of where would you like to see it go based on what your experience has been most recently and as a company as a person who is now working in this field where do you see you going yeah both personally and professionally yeah well, you had asked me, but, you know, first, you know, where did, you know, that first conversation take us? And then, um, so professionally I answered that. And then I think maybe most importantly was at the time, you know, a couple of months later down the road, I, I reached out and I, you know, Tim, you know, I, I, my girlfriend's relapsed and I, I know that I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm working in treatment. I mean, there's no way that I can stay with her, right? I know that because, I mean, she's 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 using and, and I can't be, you know, the owner of this company within the addiction, uh, the substance abuse uh, field and, and, and still be with this person. And you just stopped me in my tracks, you know, like, hold up. I remember right? that. You know? and, I remember that. Oh, my God. And, um man, I bawled my eyes out because, because I said, if she can't love herself, then uh, there's no way that, that she, you know, she can love me. And you said, well, what the fuck does that have to do with anything? If she can't love herself, then love her more. Why? What, Robbie? Like, what man are you going to decide to be? So, and who gives a fuck? This yeah. is about you and her in this in this struggling human being who has gone through, you know, indescribable amounts mm-hmm. of trauma. You know, what man do you want to be? And at that moment is when the the light switched. And I and it's something I've said my whole life. If you can't love yourself, then you're you you can't love someone else. Well, that's that's not true because I don't I think a lot of us struggle with loving ourselves and sometimes we compensate by loving others more. Mm. But for me the realization was she's still worthy of love. Why would she not be worthy of love just cuz she can't love herself? Right. And that's it. You know, and at that moment um not only did things change for she and I but for her entire family and we all started to look at things from a new perspective and 
especially for the mom who had felt that she had failed mm-hmm. by lo- loving her her son who previously had overdosed and not kicking him out on the streets um, and, and being told that you should have given him tough love, this, this is your fault. And, and no, it wasn't mm. because he was still worthy of your love and you're a mom and you are in, entitled to that love if you want to and, and, and give it. And, and, and when she broke down to me, uh, and after that phone call, I, I was crying at the end of that phone call. You were crying. Everyone was crying. <laughs> everyone was crying. And, yeah. And, um, and, but it was, it was tears of, of, of knowing that, you know, love, 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 love. like that's it. That's, you know, it that's all we need yeah. and, and why strip ourselves of it. Yeah. And I guess that's segues into, um, you know, that, that last question that you had. Where do I see this this whole um, mess that I call it moving forward? Um, we need to change the conversation um, as we talk about so much these stigmas attached. An update here, so that the love of my life um, just last week was on life support, mm. you know, and that's a scary, scary thing, and. I'll mention, um, you know, and I, and, and I hate to, um, you know, make anyone feel uncomfortable or, or even disrespect that that is not my intention at all. But um, if we as addicts are intended to reach out and make amends to the people that we've hurt, I think it's a good time to take a look in the mirror. It, and what I mean here is that I used to watch her on Facebook, you know, scrolling through old pictures of her and her friends um, who pretty much ostracized her for not knowing how to deal with her her pain mm-hmm. and her suffering. And um, then, you know, she'd be scrolling through pictures of a, a wedding that was just last weekend or something, and a wedding that she always thought she'd be in, but then isn't even invited to. And it would break my heart. Mm it would shatter me you know again um you know i say this as lightly as possible that these same people will come out of the woodworks to the hospital and 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 you know you got this lauren you know and then make a facebook post like you know f addiction you know when will this change blah 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 well i think here's the thing um to the people out there who have, you need to understand that you are playing a part in this and it's time to recognize that. So if you can't love the addict um, while they're using, then, you know, I don't think that um, you're worthy of loving them when they're not because everyone wants to be there when you score Tim, but no one wants to be there for the last 10 yards before you score, you know, the hardest 10 yards. And, um, again, I, I I mean, no disrespect, but it's, there's a change that's happening and it's everything that this wide wonder bus movement is about. And, and I think, you know, 50 years after MLK walked at Selma, you know, where did, Everyone, where did you say you were that day? Or where did you wish you were that day? Mm. Well, 50 years from today, 
I ask all of you people out there, you know, where are you going to want to say you were today? Mm, you know, are yeah. you are you getting on this bus? Are you going to be part of this this paradigm shift, this change of conversation? Um, you know, are, are you ready to love someone when they're at their worst and not just at their best? And, and that alone can change so much. That alone can change so much. Something so simple as a phone call mm -hmm. to someone who, who is, or, or a text back to someone who's reaching out. You, you may have no idea, you know, either the consequences or adversely, you know, the, the positive change that, that responding can bring. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that is why I wonder, yeah. you know, is just knowing that you as an individual can create a ripple effect within this thing that can save a life in that, you know, that, that she has pulled out of it and she is, um, getting better every day and, and, and then, you know, hopefully gonna find the strength within her that, that I know is there, yeah. um, to, to, you know, get it to together and to keep on fighting. Yeah. Um, on, only, you know, only time will tell, but, um, but you said it so succinctly and it's, I'm, I'm so grateful that you are talking about this because the most powerful thing you said was we get to love, sure, we, we get to be there when people are on top and we love that. We love the event of celebrating, overcoming and doing everything right. Here we are back to doing it right. And, but I want to be where you want to be. I want to be. I can say with clarity like you that I want to be there for somebody at their worst as much as I want to be there for them at their best. And not everybody can love themselves when they need it the most. That's why we need to be there. That's uh -huh. why we get to be there when they're completely down on the ground, looking up and still fighting. Maybe not in the way we wish they were, but they're still worthy of being there and witnessing that struggle uh -huh. and, and reaching down. And not just, I mean, it makes me so sad. It makes me so sad that, that that group, and that's happening right now to someone, right now in the community, somebody is being, has been given a scarlet letter. Oh, we'll welcome them back when they come back. But right now, we got to cut all ties. Why do we do that? I don't know. But treatment centers are doing it just yeah. as well. Yeah. And, um, I know that that's an entirely different conversation that could But it's part of it because they're part of the community as well. It's like it's it exists in parallel from right. the group support and the mutual aid support as well as it does in treatment right. where it's supposed to be professionalized. Well, where it's supposed to be different. I think that the major issue it, it really starts with the fact that the majority of people who work within the treatment field mm. are recovering addicts mm. and we as recovering addicts are we are insecure people because I think that plays a major role in why we were addicts in the first place. Mm -hmm. And your form of recovery worked for you. Yeah. And so you, you hold on to that mm -hmm. and you want that to be the form of recovery. And I think it's pulling and tearing people apart because it's an ego thing. Um, well, we need to let go of our egos. We need to start realizing that, you know, yeah, that even things as, you know, forward as safe injection sites mm. or methadone treatment yeah. 
if it's saving a life, how can it be a negative? It, it, it leads me back to how can an industry built on saving lives right. have such a negative, um, you know, a negative Bias. reputation? Yeah. And yeah. well, hey, our reputation can't get any worse. So why don't we start? <laughs> right. Why? Well, yeah. Why I don't agree. We start? Why, why do we keep digging? Isn't it interesting? Like we we just keep digging, and that's something we say in recovery. If you want, if you want it to be over, stop digging. Stop mm -hmm. trying. You know, you want your bottom is where you stop digging. Exactly. So where when are we going to stop digging? as a profession and even personally as we because again sobriety is still not an indicator of health it's just it's a good start mm -hmm. but we've so much more to do mm -hmm. seeing the world in a different way really exploring what it is to be in a relationship with self and other people i mean i always think like the main reason we are in relationship with others is to be there when they're at their lowest is to still be there when they're struggling i mean that's those are the people we admire, right? Mm -hmm. The ones that are out there doing the work in the trenches. We always say that. It's mm -hmm. like, well, we get to be in the trenches. We used to be there. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, why are we averse? Oh, I can't go there. I might catch something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, ridiculous. <laughs> right? It's what I would absurd. like to see is, yeah. I would like to see people who struggle with substance abuse going to the same hospital for checkups that uh, someone who's going with a uh, strep throat. Right. Why are they not? Right. Why is I don't it not? Understand. I don't either. You know, and that goes for subs uh, for mental health as well. Yeah. Um, you know, by separating us, that there's already that's an issue that needs to be addressed yes. because we are no different. <laughs> no. We we need we need our doctor visit too. Yeah. And no, I'm not going to steal your daughter's purse or her teddy bear while I'm there so that I can go sell it on the corner for ten cents because. Yeah. I'm a, yeah. you know, you're a deviant. Just, I'm sorry. I'm a cheat, a <laughs> yeah. liar, a thief, yeah. you know, and yeah. a scumbag. But yeah. um, come on, no. Yeah. And, and that's another, you know, testament to AA, you know, that, I, that you I come prepackaged. You know, exactly. It. It's, you know, it's actually guilty before being innocent. Yeah. You know, it's a complete opposite. We rule by this whole idea of, again, not being unique. And any one given person shouldn't have a bespoke or a custom approach to their health if you're somebody who's addicted to substances versus somebody who has some physical illness or some or cancer or any other mm -hmm. any other health challenge mm -hmm. I mean, we really separated ourselves out and again that's what we're trying to do with wide wonder is to bring that together and to, to fill that gap with compassion and empathy and understanding and education and that's what you and i are going to keep doing i know mm -hmm. you're going to keep doing it and, and you're a part of wide wonder as much as anybody and so I mean, I so grateful mm. that you reached out, mm. and that's 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 how it works in terms of just evolving is connecting with another person. Something that you know catches your fancy. I do it all the time, every day. I'm like, wow, I really love what you're doing. I'd love to, you know, build a build a community, and everybody's yeah. like, yeah, you know. And so that's kind of what we're doing. That's what you're doing, and you know, just thanks for getting on the bus. It's a pleasure. I mean, I mean, I'm so excited to to roll on with you guys. Yeah, well, absolutely. We couldn't be happier to have you as an ally and as a, yeah. as a champion of Wide Wonder. It's obviously something that before even Wide Wonder existed, that you know you were figuring out on your own about how you wanted to be in the world and the man you wanted to be in the mm -hmm. world, and living by example, going out there and modeling what it is to be healthy as a person in recovery 
what it is to be a stand-up person who lives in a community where we easily develop a bias because it's all we see. And we need to get out of that bubble. We need to get out of it. We need to take care of our own. We need to be in there. We need to be there when they're at their lowest. And we need to get in there and get dirty. Uh, you know, this whole dirty and clean thing, we need to read, we need to redefine that because we are, we have taken it to the extreme <laughs> and, it, and it's not been helpful. And there's a lot of other things we need to change. And you and I are going to continue to work yeah. on that. And I feel like I'm just going to say, just because I have to, yeah. if I had only just spend more time listening and watching than I did talking as a kid, um, my, my, my father, um, totally embodied what it is to be a man, a, a loving husband, a loving father yeah. to a T. Wow. My mother, the same. Um, there's a reason God gave us one mouth and, you know, yeah, two, two ears. ears. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> That's very and, true. Um, you know, it took me 30 years to get that. But yeah. so who I am um, is just finally I have evolved into my own version of them, the yeah. best of both of them. And so I owe it to them completely. But um, yeah, it is your own journey for sure. And um, I'm excited to see where, where this one takes us. Yeah, me yeah. too. Love you. Thank Love you so you much. Love you too, man. Yeah, yeah. awesome. I can't wait to keep going forward and, and yeah. getting to know each other. And I'll be moving back to California and yes. hopefully to spend more time and looking forward to wherever this takes us, wherever we'll, the road takes us. We'll, uh, Rendezvous in Boston. I love it. Yeah. We need to talk about that too. Absolutely. We'll, we'll do a whole nother podcast on Heck that yes. in the future. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, this has been an incredible uh, talk for me and I, I just couldn't be more grateful to Robbie. And uh, I also want to mention that Robbie is, is out there as a professional working with people and it's called the creative well consulting group. Yeah. Yep. And, and um, yeah, we're helping, um, connect treatment centers to pretty much any aspect of the process flow that you need help with, whether it be clinical, whether it be marketing, whether it be admissions, we are working to show you that you can do things ethically and still remain effective. Um, and we also are standing behind the, the notion that it's time to forgive the unethical treatment center for the way they've been doing things, open our arms to them, Help them understand that we we understand mm -hmm. and we get why they did what they did or why they're doing what they're doing. Because if we can't welcome them with open arms, they're never going to come back to the light. And before we know it, we're going to lose insurance coverage altogether. And only the rich are going to be able to go to treatment and we cannot afford to let that happen. So I'll say it again. It's time to reach out, um, stop being so clicky um and you know let's reach out and let's let's fix this thing yeah. you know we got to do it together before it's too late yeah and i love that i'm glad you mentioned that because if you hadn't i was going to remind you because that was one of the things that really struck me about what you're doing is that you are doing kind of what we're asking people to do on a personal basis is that work with people who are necessarily at their lowest and are struggling mm -hmm. and recognize that and say there's another way to do it. Mm -hmm. You can do your business in a way where it doesn't have to be driven by fear. You can do it in a way that's ethical and and beautiful. And and you don't have to compromise your values. Not at all. And that's a beautiful thing. And yeah. I really appreciate you doing that. It's an important message out there because that's we do a... just want to point fingers and, and chastise and blame and mm -hmm. shame. And we got to stop that all the way around. We teach it to our clients 
That's right. Let's let's take a little from our own book and 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 do it ourselves. That's right. So that's right. Yeah. And thank you for doing that. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for getting on the bus. This is Tim Harrington, uh, Wide Wonder. We're off to Sacramento to our next event, and then uh, then we're to the Bay Area where we're going to hang out for a little bit. Then we've got an event in Portland, then Seattle, and we're just going to keep on keep on rolling. Yeah. And so continue to get on the bus. We've got a Facebook page, we've got Instagram, we've got YouTube, and we've got a pledge out there, Zero Stigma Pledge. Go to the website, uh, widewonder.life, take the pledge, post it on social media, and tag us. And we'll see you next time on the bus. And thank you, Robbie, for coming up from your area of the planet. I know it was a, quite a drive for you to see us here on the bus. I couldn't be more grateful for your love and support, and I couldn't be more proud of how you lead this industry. Keep up the good work at the Creative Well Consulting Group. Check out what they're doing at yourcreativewell.com. If you're struggling with your conscience as it relates to how you are conducting your treatment center business and want to get it right, then definitely call Robbie. There's no judging, shaming, or blaming going on with this company and their approach. It's very important also that we thank our sponsor, Eating Recovery Center, who provides the very best care to patients, families, and providers of care in the treatment of and recovery from eating disorders and related conditions. I've been familiar with this company for five years, and they're simply the best. They have the number one doctors in the world for eating disorder, period. Of course, uh, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us. Um, we'd certainly appreciate a review on iTunes. Thank you for that. Also, remember to follow Wide Wonder on the web at widewonder.life, as well as Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And is there anything else? I don't know. There probably is. Until next time, we get on the bus. I'll leave you with my favorite Chinese proverb, like I always do. If you want happiness for an hour, Take a nap. If you want happiness for a day, go fishing. If you want happiness for a year, inherit a fortune. But if you want happiness for a lifetime, help somebody.